you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Welcome back to Podiatry Marketing. I'm your host, Jim McDonald, joined always by my trusty and, you know, always sharp-witted co-host, Tyson Franklin. <laughs> Tyson, how's it going today? I am fantastic, Big Jim. How are you doing? And your name, Big Jim, is becoming known worldwide. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, when all five nine of me walks into a room one of these days, and we have a, you know, a workshop or you know some event together. There, people are going to be very disappointed. So, uh, yeah, I've gotten a few messages about Big Jim. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been <laughs> definitely uh, something I wasn't probably you know ready for, but uh, definitely appreciated. Embrace it. So I say, just embrace, <laughs> embrace positive things that happen to you. No, no, I agree. That's that's a great. That's a great way to look at things. And I think, you know, getting these messages from our listeners is super inspiring, right? I think we're making a real difference here on the show. People are learning things and thinking about things in ways they hadn't hadn't before. So to get uh, some listeners, you know, sending some messages of encouragement and asking some questions is always something that is uh, really great. Yeah, well, better than uh, me mentioning and saying some of your big gym people go, oh, who's that? I don't know. <laughs> who, who is that person? Oh, do you have another podcast? I didn't know you had another podcast. Who do you do that with? So at least people are listening to the show and the feedback I'm getting from the show so far is people like the short format. We have every episode is about 25 minutes and usually every episode there's something you can take away each time, which is no different to today's episode, which I think is very important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, someday we might be legendary, but I don't think today is that day, but we'll keep on working towards that legend uh, status. So uh, uh, you got to keep, you just got to keep <laughs> so, working. You can be a legend in your own lunchtime. Yeah, legend in my own mind. Yep. But um, sp- speaking of legendary things, um, you know, as we kind of jump into today's topic, what are we going to be uh, going back and forth about? Today, we're going to talk about blog writing. And I know in a previous episode, we talk- we mentioned about people focus sometimes on just writing too many blogs and not focusing on other areas of the business. But this is really looking at if you're going to write a blog, and a lot of people won't do it because they they get burnt out. Just the thought of writing a blog makes them tired. And when they try to write a blog, they'll spend three, four, five, half a day trying to write a 300-word blog article. And in the end, they end up never finishing anything. And reason that happens is because they don't know how to manage their mental energy. And you can use the same principle in a lot of aspects of podiatry. Now, I think it's been a fun topic. Uh, being a writer myself and writing my fair share of blogs, I know they're you know, it's, it seems like, oh, I'm just going to write a bunch of words, right? But uh, <laughs> a certain level of focus, organization, a little bit of research, uh, and the more you do it, right, you get the, the better you get at it. So I think there is definitely a technique in the process that you have to go through to kind of make sure that you're using that energy in a, in a way that, you know, and you're, you're sharing valuable information with your patients. Yeah, well, the, the problem with it is a lot of times when people think about, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write some blogs, they don't have a, a good format, to, to actually follow and, and it's like any system if you've got a system in place on doing something it's proven that having a good system you will get a more oh what's the word i'm looking for a can't help me with the word what's the word I'm, predictable you will get a more <laughs> predictable result when you actually have a system you know if you do a b c d you'll end up with a certain result whereas if you do not have a system and you're flying by the seat of your pants you can never guarantee what the result is always going to be. And that's what happens a lot of time when people are, are writing blogs. 
Yeah, I mean, consistency and having a system you can kind of go back to, right? Like, how do you generate ideas? Like, how do you share those ideas in a way that is, you know, palatable and can be easily digested by your patients? So I think that's, you know, if you're just kind of pulling things out of the air from week to week, kind of going where you're in, I mean, inspiration is important, but, yeah. you know, putting that into a system, having these ideas, you know, in a spreadsheet, in a document, you know, so you're going to work on them things uh, and have a list of things as opposed to, like you said, just like, sitting at a blank screen in front of the computer thinking, what am I going to blog about? That's probably oh, the worst thing that can happen. And there's nothing worse than that. See, it's different. You like to write, I like to write. So I could probably walk out of my office here and walk into our, because I work from home, I walk into our laundry, have a quick look around. And I'm sure just by looking at laundry, I could find something that would be interesting to write about. But it doesn't necessarily mean, because it's interesting to write about, that my patients want to read it. So that's that's the important part is you always want to make sure that you're writing on topic. Yeah, you're writing for your your ideal patient. We're going to get on that a little bit later. What I'm going to talk about first is just the mistakes that the rookie writer will do. The person that all of a sudden they go, oh, I, I've heard I need to write some blog articles. And once again, they sit there and they stare at their blank screen and they go, what do I write about? So... What they do, and what they try and do is everything at the same time. They try and come up with a title, and they go, "No, that title sucks." So they come try and come up with some other titles. Oh, okay, this title's good, and then they start writing. And once they start writing, all of a sudden they're going, "Oh, no, I don't like that." And the whole paragraph they've done, they delete, and they start writing again. And then they'll edit, rewrite, delete again, and then they go, "Oh, I should really do some research on that." Because what happens if another podiatrist reads this? And I happen to say one fact that is, it's eight percent instead of. And I said 9%. I don't want to overestimate. So they start editing. They do all this stuff. Three or four hours later, they're pretty much looking at a blank sheet of paper. They maybe have two or three lines there and they go, you know what? I'll I'll come back to it and do it again later. And they end up with this big long list or a file full of partially started blog articles that never get completed and will never be never be completed. Yeah, that's definitely a, a tough way to go about it if you're editing while you're trying to write at the same time it's just going to be kind of a cycle of frustration i would say because you're just going to be kind of trying to be perfect try not to make mistakes and when you do that and try to write and edit at the same time you're just going to you know multiply the amount of time it takes to kind of get you know to start making progress on these different articles yeah but and i've done it myself it's not that automatically i yeah just sat down one day and i wrote a book yeah i didn't pass english at school my English teacher, I should have sent her a copy of my book and said, hey, look what I ended up doing. And she probably would have laughed. But yeah, English was never one of my, my strong suits. But I did enjoy the process of writing, even though I wasn't really that good at it. And then, but it's like any, the more you do it, the better you get. And and when you have a system of being able to write. So like at the moment, I'm writing my third book, putting it together and Initially, it was hard to get get started, but now that I have a format on what I'm doing, I'm getting through it just so much easier that it will be finished before the end of this year. Hopefully, halfway through the year. That's good. That's good to hear. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that, and uh, you know, obviously, the first two books. Uh, you know, I've definitely read those already. So definitely. Well, so you're going to give us any kind of? Is this a teaser or is this an open loop? Or are you going to give us some? Uh, so, so, some our listeners a little bit of details about what it might be about. Oh, the third book is about uh, podiatry marketing of all things. <laughs> so it's just it's Shocking. my it's, yeah I know it's my take on podiatry marketing and it's all based on uh, 
but I oh, probably over the last four years, I was doing some podiatry marketing workshops, similar to what we will be doing in October. And on these podiatry workshops, when I've done them, I, I created this format of how I explained marketing over that day. And it's just my thinking and my take on a few things. So I thought, this would be great to put in a book. So I've really taken a one-day workshop and formulated it down to a book. That's the plan. But what I write in the book is different to what you and I would be presenting together in October. Very cool. Very cool. Looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, I don't know, maybe you know, a free copy or two. Oh, sure. I'll bring you one <laughs> over. I'll give you a free copy. And, and anyone that comes to the workshop will get a free copy as well. Very and even cool. if they already have Very a copy, cool. by the time the workshop comes around, they're like, oh, I can't wait till the workshop. I want to get a copy beforehand. They'll get a bonus copy. That's, that sounds great. Looking yeah. forward to that. So we should um, get it. Oh, so back to what we were talking about with the, <laughs> the, the uh, writing blog articles. There's three things. Well, there's three, three parts to doing it. One is you need to put space between your activities. So like I said before, the rookie tries to do everything at the same time. And because they try and do it at the same time, they just get they get all muddled up, confused, burn up a lot of mental energy. And everything I'm about to explain is about reserving mental energy so you're not burning yourself out. Because I actually believe you only have a certain amount of mental calories per day. And if you burn them up, and that's why some people get the end of the day and they go, oh, I'm just, I'm mentally exhausted because they've chewed up the mental calories. But if you know how to manage your energy and your mental calories, you can get a lot more done because you, you've got it planned out. So first thing is putting space between your activities. The second thing is to use a timer when you're actually writing. And I'm going to talk about each piece in a bit more detail. And the third thing is never research while you're actually doing your writing. It's just, it's it, even when I wrote my previous books and the one I'm doing now, is while I'm writing, yes, all of a sudden I'm going, oh, I should go and, you know, like check those facts. or So I'll put it in brackets and go expand upon or check facts. And I put it in there and I just move on to the next thing. Because if I stop there and go and waste time checking on facts, sometimes it can take an hour, two hours to really dig into something to make sure you're, you're explaining something the right way. So I'm better to just keep writing, come back to that later. Because when I come back and do it later, I may not need to even check the facts. I'm like, you know what, the facts aren't really important. <laughs> they are. Depends what you're talking about, I suppose. I that but in that sense. moment, though, right? In that moment when you're trying to get in the writer's flow, or you're trying to kind of get some words on the page, you know, taking that time to research, even though the facts are important, in that moment, you should be focused on your writing and then going to research and find that, you know, do that fact checking later on. Yeah, yeah. It's not important right now. What's important now is to keep your flow going. So, when I talk about the first thing, putting space between your activities, the first thing is coming up with a, a few ideas. What is it you're going to write about? So come up with, with some headlines. And you might come up with, you might spend, might be, say, day one. You'll go, all I'm going to do today in between my patients is come up with a couple of headlines. So you do that in day one and don't do anything else. Once you've come up with your headlines is then move on with something else that you're doing. Don't continue writing. But then in day two, you might come up, look at each of those headlines, and you might pick one. You go, okay, now under the headline, come up with four to six subtopics or just dot points that you would like to discuss and then move away from it. Don't come back to it. Just 
You, day one, you did the headline. Day two, you've got a couple of dot points. Now you've gone back on and you're seeing your patients. Both of those tasks could take a couple of minutes in between patients with a little bit of downtime. Then day three is look at each of those subtopics that you put there or those dot points and just write, I don't know, maybe 40 or 50 words. Don't try and go crazy about it. So if you've got six dot points and you write 50 words for each dot point, that's 300 words. That's enough. You don't need to be writing too much more than that. Then day four is go back, look at what you wrote and just finish each paragraph because you might have written a few things down there that you've gone, oh yeah, that was good and then you write another 50 words. Oh, and then you write another 50 words. Go back and just finish off anything that you want to add to it. So you might find if you had four dot points, it'll be somewhere between two, 250 words by the time you finish. If you had six, it'll probably be 275 to maybe 350 by the time you're done. At this point, you're still not doing any editing. This is really just putting the information on paper. And then on day five, you pretty much, you reread your article, you edit it, and you're done. And that's pretty much it. If you can just break up your writing process over a five-day period, but what you realize is what you're doing on, on day five, you might be coming up with a new headline. And then for another headline, you might come up with a couple of dot points, and then you might write a couple of things in there. So this is how they just flow week by week, how you can easily just produce another uh, blog article that's related to your ideal patient. Don't write rubbish. <laughs> so just write about what you know your patient's uh, talking about the questions they're asking your receptionist at the front counter when they ring up. Yeah, I think taking that uh, perspective of the patient and remembering what it's like to be in their shoes is it's it's really helpful. And actually, when you ever you're writing, it kind of reminds you of that. Even you know when you're treating your patients, you're busy, you're running from you know office room to office room to, to try to treat them. Um, you know, taking a little bit of time to reflect and write these articles can be not only beneficial for patients but also for yourself. And instead of like you said, just trying to sit down at once write write all of these different things it's going to feel overwhelming and most people won't start and if they do start they'll get it halfway through uh and they'll just they'll kind of give up so you know kind of breaking it down it's kind of like they say you know how do you eat an elephant uh one bite at a time right so it's one of those things where <laughs> you know don't worry about the end product focus on the process focus on these things that tyson's telling you to kind of break it down day by day and you'll have an article by the end of the week it's funny you talk about that did I tell you this story? But I was talking to my daughter recently about how to eat an elephant. She was overwhelmed with uni. And I said to her, <laughs> Tia, let me explain the story. Have you heard this story about yeah, how to eat an elephant? And she went, why would you eat an elephant? I said, no, it's, it's just a metaphor. We're not talking about actually eating an elephant. She goes, why, why would anyone in their right mind want to eat an elephant? I said, well, we're not eating an elephant. She said, well, why'd you bring it up? She's so logical. And I said, but if you did eat an elephant, how do you eat an elephant? She went, fried, boiled, I said, no, one bite at a time. And she's gone. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's, re that's really clever. <laughs> so <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't get the humor of the whole thing. Anyway, so the point number two, the second thing that I said was use a timer to keep you on track is really, really important. And they refer to this as like the Pomodoro technique. And it's where you, and Pomodoro because of um, tomatoes or tomatoes, depending on where you're from. And notice how I speak both languages. So, <laughs> so the Pomodoro technique is breaking up your, your writing into intervals. So you might go, you might block out a bit of time that you want to do some writing. You write for 25 minutes on, five minutes off. Don't sit there and just continue to keep writing. You might set a timer. I have a thing called a time cube, which 
sitting over here on my desk. And I use it a lot. And it's a 5, 10, 15, I think 30 minute, 45 and 60. And you just flick it over. And if I if all of a sudden I'm going, oh, I want to work on something for an hour, I'll flick the time cube over to an hour, keep writing. And as soon as the beeper goes off, I have a five minute break. Get up and walk away. Don't just keep writing. But the best thing about timers as well, they help you set deadlines. So if you say you're going to write for half an hour, write for half an hour. If it's going to be 15 minutes, write for 15 minutes. Just stick to a certain deadline and then finish. When the timer goes off, you must stop. You must have a break. And this actually prevents you from just getting exhausted and wearing yourself out. Remember, mental calories, we're going to try and maintain them as much as possible. No, you definitely have to maintain those mental calories. I, I totally wasn't aware that you speak both American and Australian. That's, oh, uh, yeah, tomato, that's, toma you, but, tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> But like all joking aside, I think uh, anyone that's, you know, sat at a desk or, you know, done, you know, maybe you're doing charting and things like that, you know, after about 20 to 25 minutes, you just, you're just not as sharp as you were in that first five, 10 or 15 minutes. So the same thing goes for writing. If you really want to write sharp articles that are really valuable to your patients that you, you know, are happy to promote and happy to get out there on different forms of distribution through social media and other places, you have to, you know, you know, you just can't stare at the, the screen for three hours and expect something's going to happen. Breaking it down in these smaller chunks, again, I think is super helpful. Um, and utilizing your little tomato timer or your, your time cube, those things are are, are fun little toys to uh, to use them with. I, I've used one a little bit on my my computer. You yeah. know, like they have some timers you can use on your computer. So uh, I'm usually go that, going in that route on occasion. But uh, it's the physical item thing is a good good idea as well. Oh, time cubes are great. I, I find it really, really helpful. And I probably need to use it more than what I actually do. But a friend of mine, Dave Wyman, who's a psychologist, Dr. Dave, and he says he does this all the time. He, he'll see whether it's a client will be working with somebody, but a certain time, once, at least once in the morning and once in the afternoon, he blocks out 10 minutes purely just to walk out of his office and he goes and walks around the block for 10 minutes and then comes back again. And he says how, that, how much that recharges his battery and his mental energy is just incredible. That he comes back and all of a sudden he's just totally recharged. Whether it's blog writing or anything else, you need to give yourself those breaks. For sure. What's uh what's point number three? What's uh how how are you gonna bring this one home? Well the point number three was about never research while you're actually writing. This is the fastest way to mentally chew up all your mental calories. Because while you're while while you're researching, you can't do writing. And and research sometimes can take a lot of time, depending on what the topic is. If you're if you're writing a blog article for your patients, I don't think it really takes a lot of research. Majority if not 99% of what you're writing should already be up here in your head or you probably shouldn't be writing about it. But if you just want to check a couple of facts, it shouldn't really take too long. But if you're writing articles for, say, other podiatrists or you're going to be getting ready for a conference or you're writing it for an association or a, a, a podiatry magazine, you probably need to do a little bit more research. If you're going to make, if you're going to make a statement or, or say something, you want to check your facts. So it's just important to remember that it does take time to do research. So you're better to go to your, your schedule and block out a certain amount of time that this is my research time. And don't use your research time to write. Do your research, Use your research time to research. And then when you're done, block it out. And next time you've got to write, you go to your research and then you use your research. Well, I think that's the funny thing about the internet and our computers these days, right? I think you and I are both around where 
you know, you could only have one browser tab. You know, yeah. back in the back in the olden days, maybe some of the younger people on this podcast will, you know, listening right now will kind of chuckle and laugh. But there it used to be the internet was so slow that you only could have one browser and it would take forever for images and those kind of things to come up. So this kind of task switching like wouldn't be as much of a distraction, right? <laughs> no. you're, if you're if you're typing your computer, you're not gonna be go, going through the library, running to grab a book, coming back, typing again, running to go grab a book. Like that doesn't happen back in the day because of computers were so slow. But now, you know, now you can have 40 browser tabs open. You can have Twitter open. You yep. can have your Apple Music. You can have uh, your sports scores all going on while you're writing. So I think not only do you not need to research while you're writing, but you should try to eliminate a lot of distractions. Maybe it's turning off. I mean, if you're on call and stuff, you don't want to turn off your phone, but Find the maximum ways to eliminate distractions so you can really focus on the task at hand. Yeah, and that's why you will, when you're doing research, you need the internet because you're going to be diving into things and you're flicking between tabs. But that's why once you've done your research and you're going to write, turn off all your notifications, turn off the internet because you don't need it because you're in writing mode now. And when you're writing, you should be in writing mode. If you're trying to write, next thing you hear, ding, it's really hard to go, oh, that's that one email that I know. I don't know who it's from, but I guarantee that one email is going to change my life. So therefore, I must stop writing and check the email. And then the next thing, you know, you're watching a cat play the piano on YouTube. <laughs> it's just what happens. And then your writing is just totally um, stopped. So I've gotten really good now at eliminating uh, distractions. The other part too with your research, you need somewhere to store your research. So whether you use Google Docs, Evernote, OneNote, you just want a place, you know, Dropbox, where you put your research in an orderly fashion so that you can easily find it later. Don't randomly have stuff in all different places and then you're sitting there going, oh, Jesus, where did I end up putting that? I've done that before too. No, no that's an excellent point, right? Like sometimes you get a, there's a new way to, uh, you know, like it's Google Docs, it's Google Drive, and then maybe it's like it's a Dropbox notes, it's in your Apple notes. It can be as much time and work and effort to try to grab things from four different places where you've kept that research. So like you said, really just focus on one one kind of source of truth or one place where you keep it. Otherwise, you're going to be task switching again. You're going to be wasting time. Yeah. So just a couple of final tips to, to wrap up on the subject about blog writing is always only write articles or blogs for your ideal patient. Think about the patients that you want to see more of in your clinic and make sure you're only ever writing for them. You can also think of all the patients that you, the last patient you'd want to see. Write a list to describe the person you, you never want to see in your clinic again. And if you've got any blog articles that have written that you've done in the past that talks to them, take them off your website. And if you want, email them to someone you don't like. So here, I'll write some of these blog articles for you. <laughs> you should put these on your website. They're awesome because then they'll attract all the patients you don't want. There you go. Final tip is make sure every blog article has a call to action. It's just, there's no point writing it if you're not going to direct and tell the person reading it what you want them to do next. That people love being directed on what to do. It just, in life in general, like if I walked into anywhere, I would rather have somebody there go, hey, Tyson, just, you can enter through this way here. Go down those steps there, turn to your left, there's your seat. I'd much rather that than have to walk into an auditorium and go, bloody hell, where's my seat? I can't find it. I know if I keep looking, I'll find it eventually. It's no different when you're writing a blog article. Be that person who's showing the person to the seat, where they're going to sit next or what they need to do next. 
So at the end of the article, if it's about heel pain, they're reading it for a reason. So when they read that article, what do you want them to do as soon as they finish reading it? Do they want you to call them? Do you want to do an online appointment? Do you want them to download some information? Just be really clear with what you want them to do and, and how they can do it. I think that's great advice. You definitely have to, uh, you know, people are, you know, whether it's make an appointment or learn more about the services we provide, there's different types of call to actions. Uh, and I think that's really important. Like you said, people want, they, they've come to you for not only for information, but sometimes guidance. And if you can kind of help lead them in that right direction, uh, they'll be very thankful that you did so. So I have covered everything I wanted to say on this topic, Jim. So if you've got anything else to add, I, I don't, I'm done. <laughs> all your all your uh, mental capacity or your mental calories have been uh, used up for this podcast huh? for this particular episode my mental calories are done and they need to rest and i'm looking right at the 25 minute mark so my pomodoro is just cut in and uh, it's <laughs> it's time to call it a day so i will talk to you again next week jim that sounds great tyson i'll talk to you then okay bye bye thanks for listening to podiatry marketing with tyson franklin and jim mcdonald Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.